the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Got an app idea that you think will be the next unicorn, but you don't know what to do next? Well, with more than 15 years of experience creating software, b7dev.com can help you out. Schedule a free one-hour call by going to b7dev and let them know that Steve sent you. That, once again, is b7dev.com. Tired of overpaying for app store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to helping you grow your downloads, your retention, your monetization, all that jazz. And today, we've got a great guest. I've known this guy for years, but yet never had him on. So my bad, Andy. But his name is Andy Carvel. Whoops, let me grab him on. His name is Andy Carvel. He is a partner at Fitcher. Fitcher is a mobile and growth consultancy. They offer five key services, app store optimization, performance marketing, user retention, CRM, subscription revenue optimization services, and growth consulting. And you can learn more by going to Fitcher.com. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on, Steve. It's a real, real pleasure to be a guest on your show. Andy, we do similar things, so it's going to be a great show. and We could really talk shop about all the things and what we've seen on our both our ends. But I want to say hi to a few people. What's up, Miguel? You're the first comment. And then we got Patrick. I'm sure there's a few more, so put some comments below. But let's go into the mobile okay. stuff. And you've got this great blog post that you, I mean, you've been updating this, right, since 2017. I know when you first came out, I was like, that's a great idea, Andy. But tell me a little bit more about what the growth mobile growth stack is, and then we'll get into some of the deeper details of it. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so it go, goes back actually even further than 2017. Uh, the actually the the original kind of idea or the, the original version of the mobile growth stack before it was even called that um, was it actually was a slide uh, in a management presentation that I made at, at SoundCloud when I, I was working there. I was working on growth, uh, and they brought me on at SoundCloud back in 2012 to help them grow on mobile. Um, and it was around 2014 by the time I figured out the right way to communicate to the leadership team at SoundCloud what mobile growth was all about and what they needed to kind of, you know, like invest in if they wanted to succeed there on mobile. And so it was only really when I was able to condense all of the kind of key levers for growth on mobile into a single page, like, you know, PowerPoint, you know, presentation, yeah. whatever, um, just a single sheet. Um, and it was a lot simpler back then. I've, I've made it yeah, uh, arguably a lot too complex by now. But yeah, essentially, it's a one page cheat sheet for mobile growth. I I, I showed the first version um, to the to the management at SoundCloud. They loved it. It helped me get a lot of stuff done at SoundCloud on the growth side. Uh, I published a blog post about it in 2014 um, uh, and also presented it at a conference back in 2014. And, and it, it kind of went viral. And, you know, the, a lot of people in the industry seem to appreciate it. And so, yeah, I've kept working on it since then. Um, I'm not happy with the fact that it's got more complex. Uh, I really hope that uh, the next version I'm able to reduce some of the complexity. But, you know, during that time, the mobile industry and, and uh, you know, some of the associated tech and stuff has also got somewhat more complex. And so the, uh, the idea is that this, this framework kind of 
encapsulates everything that might be part of your consideration set when growing yeah. a mobile app. Not that you have to do everything in the framework, but rather, um, you know, that it's it's by considering like the whole, you can then kind of pick and choose the things which are most relevant for you at, at, at any given time and at any point in your app's journey, whilst sort of keeping consideration of the whole, you know, and make kind of, um, you know, explicit trade-offs. I like it. What's up, Adrian? Good to see you. Angelina is here. What's up, Yash? Hey, Andy, to your point about complexity and keeping it simple, I like to keep things simple. For, mm -hmm. let's say, an indie app developer out there who's launching an app of the mobile growth stack, what are the, the key, like, three to five elements that you should be focused on? Yeah, great question, Steve. Yeah, I mean, like, first, first and foremost, product, right? Like, you mentioned that they're just launching an app, right? Um, then, you know, you have to get the product right. Like, that, that obviously sounds, you know ridiculously straightforward and, and obvious, but, um, you know, a lot of folks think that they need to dive straight into doing, you know, growth stuff, or they need to be like, you know, spending mm -hmm. like a lot of money on, on user acquisition. Like actually in the early days, you know, you want to focus on the product, you want to focus on the onboarding and activation, this stuff exactly as you're highlighting here and the engagement and retention there. I wouldn't bother like going too far with like activity notifications or lifecycle marketing when you're first getting going, like, mm -hmm. What you're trying to do in the very early days, right, is as, as you well know, Steve. I know I'm, I'm preaching to the converted here, but it's um, you know it's finding that product market fit, um, and that's all about the product, right? First of all, but it's also about the marketing, right? So then it's also things about okay, how are you positioning the product? So if we think about the the elements there, it kind of does touch on brand a little bit. You probably want to be starting to establish, you know, what what is what does your brand mean, and and if you're you know going to try and build a brand that's going to succeed over the long term, you want to be thinking about that from the start. Um, you want to be setting up your app store pages so that you know you get that, that they're going to be basically your landing pages for the app, uh, and you probably want to be thinking about driving at least a little bit of traffic to that, uh, possibly inorganically, in order that you can start, you know, kind of just basically testing out not so much about like kind of doing a B testing in the product, which might be still too early for that unless you have a lot of users and you, you know, you can get to a significance quickly on your tests, but it's really rather about you want to start as soon as possible, trying to identify what is your target audience and have, have do the assumptions that you've made about that target audience make sense. So it's useful to do at least some kind of paid marketing testing from pretty early days, I think um, to test your value prop, you know, test how you presenting the app to to that target audience and seeing how it's resonating and finally user testing which is uh, which is down in the the analytics and insights portion um, if you, yeah if you would scroll down I'm not sure if you can scroll there but yeah down here we've got, yeah, we got user testing somewhere yeah user and user and audience research you know like that would be the, the fourth or fifth one of you know those elements I'd say for a pre-launch or very early stage app these are the things that you really need to get right, you know, as, as well as just, you know, sort of getting some some basic analytics set up. But you're going to have to work a lot more on instinct and on qualitative signals rather than on like big data, because you're not going to have big data when, you, when you're just starting out. Right. No, I, I agree with that assessment. What I want to get into, and I do agree, you, you're probably going to need to do some paid acquisition and some user acquisition there. Are there favorite channels that you have for the early days of user acquisition, like early days of, of an app for user acquisition? I think Apple search ads is a great one because you can, you know, you can test not only, you know, are you able to sort of drive traffic to your app on specific keywords, which gives you a good indication of, you know, like 
again, kind of testing your assumptions about what users will be searching for and then seeing if actually your your product resonates with them. Um, you know, that gets a little more complex now that you can also drive, you know, users to specific custom product pages. Uh, that's that's kind of another discussion. But, um, you know, even if let's just assume for, for the moment you're just running Apple search ads, you're driving them to, to one store page. Um, that still gives you, I think, a pretty good, good level of intel on on your target audience. So uh, that's a good one. I mean, yeah, Facebook for scale still, you have Meta, I know they call it Meta now. Um, you know, I think I, see, I still think that's great for scale, but the, the precision on the targeting, of course, is uh, is becoming more challenging. Um, I think that's the great thing about Apple search ads is you still have that precision. Yeah, I like it. I like it. You know, I love talking about the big three because I was at an event a couple of weeks ago and they're like, what's the new channel? You know, they're talking about connected TV, TikTok, mainly about, and then app to web as well. And I'm just, and mm -hmm. then this guy asked at the end and I even told him, so I, it's not, I'm not sharing anything. He's like, what's a new channel? I'm like, bro, like stop looking for the new thing. These are like tried and true app marketing channels. And I would just stick with those until you've like exhausted these channels then think about the new thing but i think every time like people are always think about the new things like why do you think about the new thing all the time like old tried and true strategies indeed i mean there's, there's there's something to be said for sort of your early adopter um success on, on new channels before they get saturated but i'd say particularly when you're early and you're just trying to still figure out your product market fit um, you know, it's not the time to actually have that runaway success with a new channel anyway, because like you might be driving a ton of traffic to an app, which is not quite ready for that audience. Yeah. Anything from the tech side that you're like, Hey, these are probably the, you know, one of the, the tech stack, like, Hey, Firebase, you know, mixed panel, some key things that you should be in the early days too, to help with that user research. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think certainly, uh, yeah, if we, if we go back, back up there to, um, yeah, yeah. If uh yeah okay to, to the tech I think behavioral analytics is something that you kind of want to get in there pretty early on um you know so what I mean here is this is like an amplitude or a mixed panel like something that actually you can you can build funnels you can see how users are interacting with your app you know you can track like all of the kind of key events the key key things that they might be doing you can start to understand how users are interacting with the app I think that's that's critical from from more or less day one um, having your deep link set up as well I mean this is kind of a I feel like it's just kind of just table stakes, you know, to have to be able to deep link users into all of the key places within your app. Uh, you might get away with not not getting that in right on day one, but you certainly want to be thinking about it pretty early. Uh, I think a lot of the other stuff can come later. Um, you know, I think a lot of the the other stuff in in that um, category kind of comes with with increasing scale. Yeah, what's got you more most excited, like for twenty twenty three, when we're looking at the mobile stack. Uh, so actually, I think like, you know, there's a lot of innovation happening in terms of predictive analytics. If we scroll down a bit to the an analytics section, there we go. Um, yeah. So things like pr predictive modeling, propensity scoring, um, you know, recommendations, mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff is, you know, it's not like a 2023 topic. Like it's been talked about for a long time, but I see a lot of a lot of products and services and APIs kind of maturing in that respect. And similarly, on the measurement side, things like media mix modeling and, you know, incrementality measurement, I think are, I'm not sure if exciting is the right word, but certainly um, I think increasingly important, like to, to really understand like the ROI on, on marketing. I, I think about media mix mar modeling and, you know, 
the event had that some conversation there. What is it for the newbie out there? What is media mix modeling? Yeah, so it's about trying to understand, like, you know, which of your campaigns and which of your channels are performing um, by sort of like turning things on and off um, in order to to get a better understanding of the the contribution of of channels and and of yeah spe- specific uh, media or specific campaigns. So, you know, you might have a whole bunch of stuff running. Um, but actually, they might be cannibalizing each other to a large extent. And, you know, the media mix modeling is just like one approach to sort of really help to understand the, the contribution and the, you know, the real up, incremental uplift of, of specific marketing activities. Got it. All right. That's a fancy way of saying such a simple thing. I love it. That's what we marketers do. We try to make it yeah. let's sound cooler. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, know what works on which channels, man. It's that easy. All right. I thought it was a little bit more complex than that. Andy, when I was listening to it, I was like, what the hell? What is this? <laughs> what is this acronym? MMM? All that jazz. I was like, okay, well, thanks for breaking it down with me. Andy, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. One of the things that happened, I think a couple of weeks ago, and I was a live stream like this, and I was just by myself and actually, and I was like, well, I was actually doing a coaching call. I was like, if I had to launch a brand new app as a, you know, an indie developer, as a founder, here's exactly how I would do it. And let's pretend it's a, a non-game with subscription, right? And so mm-hmm. I said, look, I would do some ASO, like do some keyword research, paywall optimization. I just make it a, a long paywall and a hard paywall. No free content, mm-hmm. free to download, but you can't use any of the free content no. model. And then run some Apple search ads. Exact match. Find the keywords that you are most relevant, but run them on exact match. Don't even worry about the discovery campaigns. Go and then get data, start generating revenues. But that's how I would launch it. What do you think about that? That all sounds pretty sensible. Um, yeah, I mean, I would I would just sort of caveat that with the fact that like we uh, at Feature, we're, we're not working with like apps that are just launching. So we, you know, I'm probably the wrong person to ask when it comes to like, what is a, a really great, kind of like launch strategy because we don't really yeah. work with app launches. We're, we're working with typically later stage apps, um, you know, often brands that are already at a pretty big scale in terms of their mobile presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're helping them to get a bit more scientific about this sort of later stage growth that maybe plateaued a little bit. Uh, and mm-hmm. they're looking to, you know, get a bit more data-driven, a bit more systematic about various aspects of their growth. But um, yeah, so we don't generally play in the, in, in the launch side of things. It's a super interesting topic and a super interesting area to, um, you know, a lot of folks need a lot of help there. Uh, right. But honestly, I, I can't remember the last time that we did an, an app launch for somebody. That's interesting. So I, let's get into that because you know, I think I we typically do more app launches, but then we have some that are plateauing as well. Where do you like mm-hmm. to start for a big brand? Let's say, you know, the, the kind of clients that fit, feature works with big mm-hmm. brand plateaued a bit. You know, here's what we've done so far. We have some Facebook ads running. We have some ASO, but the ASO is really good. Don't need your help mm-hmm. that much. And that's what I hear, Andy. So you feel free to correct me and to disagree with me, dude. But like, mm-hmm. where do you like to start with clients like those? Yeah, it really depends on, you know, like, I've, you know, I answer most questions with it depends, Steve, you know, because it's, you know, there's usually some complexity. And uh, I'm also a Libra, right? so I kind of always see these like shades of gray. But um, no, I mean, like seriously, like when, when a brand comes to us uh, looking for help, um, they sometimes know exactly what they want, right? It, sometimes it's like a, a VP growth comes in, like maybe it's a you know it's a new hire and he just he wants to bring in feature to help with app store optimization because like he knows that they need to level up on that, or maybe you know in certain markets they need support with certain things like app store optimization or CRM. Um, 
you know, and then we have like another class of customers who who just comes to us because they they have a feeling that they're they're not maxing out all of their activities or that they should be doing stuff that they're just not doing at all. Um, but they mm. don't have a great handle on that, which often comes down to, you know, uh, going in and tuning up the analytics, right, to actually understand better um, what's going on in the first place. Um, and so, yeah, we're we can work with both scenarios. If they come in and they know exactly what they want, then you know we, we talk to them about that typically, and we're like, okay, right, you need ASO, yeah, absolutely, we can help you with that. Here's how we approach it, blah blah blah. By the way, we do all this other stuff. You might want some help with that down the line. Um, in other cases, they want us to come in and do more of a kind of an audit. Um, you know, look at what's going on. Always, always that starts with the data and the data taxonomy to understand what are they tracking, um, where does that data live, how, where is it being federated to, how's it being actioned. Um, and, you know, like, how is it being, like, reported, dashboarded, all of that stuff? What are their KPIs and metrics that they're, they're, they're kind of optimizing for? Do we agree with those KPIs? Do we think that they're the right ones, you know? And from that, kind of building outwards and looking at then the, the marketing activities that are going on, the channels, the creatives, the, um, you know, the CRM uh, campaigns and journeys and, and all of that stuff, paywalls, et cetera. And, and we kind of try and find the... Using the mobile growth stack actually as a kind of a guide for that exercise, you know, try and find the 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 gaps and the opportunities, and and then present that back to them um, and say, okay, right, you know, these this is where we think, you know, we've identified that you, you know, we actually color code this stack, right? We go through each element. Uh, if it's doing great and they're 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 doing this thing and it's 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 working great for them, we would color yeah. it green. You know, we try and benchmark them, you know, against how where we think they should be. Um, if it's you know, doing okay, but could be better, yellow. Um, and if it's underperforming significantly, then it's a red, right? And if they're not doing it at all, and they shouldn't be doing all of this stuff, it's, 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 you know, nobody needs to do all of this. Um, if they're not doing it, then we leave it gray. Um, and so the interesting conversations are typically not around the greens, because obviously they should just keep doing those. Um, it's really about the reds, right? Like, um, should they be doing this activity at all? I don't know, maybe it's a, you know, a web to app, you know, cross promotion or something like this. Um, mm. Is, you know, if, if they're really un- underperforming on this, uh, in this initiative, you know, should they divest from it? So it's an invest divest decision. Do they want to double down and, and try and do it better? In which case they, sh- they definitely need some help. Um, but maybe they actually should think about divesting from that or maybe outsourcing it completely. You know, um, maybe it's just, shouldn't be part of their core growth strategy because it's clearly not working. So they tend to be the more interesting discussion points. And the yellows, yeah, they're, you know, they're kind of, they're doing okay. Typically, that's a, an easier decision. Like, you know, we we think you can get this up to a green. You just need to do this, this, and this, and, and we can help you do that. Are there any, like, prominent green, reds that actually show up a lot? And you're like, hey, you know, the majority of our clients have red for, let's say, paywall optimization or you know onboarding and activation or i don't know if there were some of the retention stuff like you know win back yeah, sure life cycle think- marketing or yeah yeah um yeah yeah it's uh i mean you called out a few which which definitely come up a lot like paywall optimization i would say is 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 a classic one um because it's relatively new to be First of all, doing subscriptions for, for a lot of apps. You know, subscription model yeah. is relatively nascent still in the grand scheme of things. A lot of apps used to just, you know, charge for a download and things like that. Now it's now pretty much everyone is trying to do subscription. And they kind of know that they should have a paywall, but often it's just like built by the product team, doesn't have any measurement around it. It's not 
easily yeah. customizable, um, you know, without them doing like, you know, a, a lot of extra work and another release, right? And so that would automatically then be a red, right? If it's if they've got one hard-coded paywall that they can't operate on and they can't test and, you know, it becomes a, a major kind of hassle to to do any work on it, that would be immediately a red. So that, that would be a, that would be a, 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 yeah, a classic one. one. And then often yeah. down in the, in the analytics section, we often have quite a few reds, you know, the amount of, the amount of even like huge, Analysis. big, big name brands. I'm not going to name any, but like there's quite a few out yes. there, you know, who you'd think would really have their, their stuff together um, who are, you know, <laughs> Who, who don't have a documented data taxonomy, who can't tell you what a certain event is, you know, when you start digging into right. detail, like they can't tell you why it's implemented completely differently on Android versus iOS, because probably the guy who implemented it or the girl who implemented it, you know, might be, might have left three years ago, you know, and, um, you know, it's just as, as companies get bigger, they, they acquire a lot of tech debt and a lot of data debt. And um, so often there's, there's, there's a lot of work to do down there before we can even necessarily get visibility of the stuff in the top half of the stack. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, like funnel analysis is key. You know, we're working one client right now during the launch phase, Andy. And it's like, you know, I think too many times we work with these developers like, hey, give me more downloads, get more downloads. And I'm like, look, do you even know what's happening after the downloads? And roughly we've had like a hundred, you know, a few hundred downloads now. And I'm like, look, there. when I looked at Mixpanel, there is a big drop off between registrations, right? Like we're forcing people to register. I'm like, we're losing. We're only getting 56% of the people who open the app to finish a registration. That's like half of the money gone. So double your cost per install, double everything because we're losing half just like that. And so I'm like, look, I think we need to fix the product. We launch it as is because I don't want you to incur more costs without having some data to back it up. But obviously there is some drop off and some leakage because, you know, one of the main metrics I look at Angie is like, what's the funnel look like to your, I would say the win moment. So maybe for subscription apps, like back to my example earlier, it's it's the paywall. And if especially have a hard paywall, what's first open all the way to paywall view? If that's mm-hmm. less than ninety percent, then you got a problem. Because you know I've seen pretty good. Like for one of our apps that we have, we're getting like five percent people who open the app make it all the way because our onboarding is really sleek and good, right? And then mm-hmm. we're getting about a sixteen to seventeen percent conversion rate on that paywall. So I have these numbers and I don't think a lot of people have these numbers, but I think low hanging fruit, no. is, I agree with you. It's funnel analysis and paywall optimizations where I just always start off with primarily. That's, that's, that's super interesting. So I want to ask like a follow-up question there because like, um, yeah, are you helping them also when, when you get involved with uh, with an app, are you helping them to actually get their events set up properly so that they've got that funnel visibility? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are, we're that's working great. with their dev team to go into you know we just got on a call with their dev team going through mix panels like what did you call this like this page what did you call it oh we have no tracking mm-hmm. here well we need that tracking you know what i mean so yeah i right. am trying to help them with that because like you guys i think we just work with different types of clients you guys are probably working with way bigger brands than we are but we're trying to be more holistic like a 360 view kind of like mm-hmm. what you guys do as well you know we're not just being like let's go growth 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 let's really look at growth retention optimization, monetization, all that stuff. And I'm not as fancy as you are with this big old stack, but I'm just like, look, here's some checkoffs that we do, man. Uh, I mean, you, you probably make, you probably make it much more straightforward, Steve. You know, I think, I, as I said, I'm not, I'm not pleased with the level of complexity of the latest version of the stack. But, Bro, uh, I, I love this thing. Least, this is so good, man. 
it's uh, at least I think fairly comprehensive at least. But anyway, yeah, no, ton of respect for for that. You know that you're going in and doing the nitty gritty work and, and not just trying to sell them some ads. You know, which which some some agencies out there, you know, are more than happy just to to funnel traffic to um, you know a broken experience or or an experience with no visibility of what's really going on down funnel. So uh, yeah, like I, I, I'm really really great great to hear that there are you know companies out there and folks like yourselves who are you know really helping launch apps to get it right from the start. Yeah, I love it, man. All right, I want to say hi to Kevin. Kevin's in here week in, week out. All right, I want to uh, start. We'll get into the app audits too, and I do want to save some things for part two. But Andy, sure. the man, see, this is what, <laughs> when I'm teeing it up. I forget my thought that I wanted to talk about. Oh, some overlooked strategies. You know, I feel like email marketing is a key strategy to get people back into an app. There's some re engagement campaigns that I'm starting to think through. I feel like email marketing for me, one that is critical, you know, e-commerce brands, other digital course creators, they rely on email. Are there specific marketing channels that you're like from a re-engagement campaign that you're really, you know, excited about focusing on? Yeah. Um, so for re-engagement specifically, I'd say push notifications. Um, you know, I, I, email definitely still a great channel. Um, you know, I think back to your earlier point about you know, you don't always have to be looking for the brand new thing. You know, email's been around for forever, but it still works pretty well if you, if you do it well. Um, you know, I think um, it. I think it remains to be seen how email kind of fares with like the latest barrage of like new privacy stuff coming in. Uh, you know, or like things like Private Relay. It's been out for a while. Like, you know, I think email becomes tougher and tougher over time. Also, I think. And this is an assumption. I have to say that uh, maybe the you know the younger generations are. Are just less into email anyway, but that that is an assumption which I, I'm not sure I have any data to back that up. But um, <laughs> so, but I, I think it's you know I I think it'd be be worth kind of digging into that further to sort of see what the sort of um, engagement rate on emails is by by demographic. But in any case, um, yeah, push notifications I think is uh, is another kind of classic channel, right? It's been around for a while. It's also you know, getting getting tougher, I think, to drive engagement with push, but I think still like well constructed push at the right time. Um, you know, is you could usually find good ways to to, to re engage users with push, particularly if you have content or if you have products that you can recommend. You know, anything where you got something new which you can put in front of a user, ideally in a personalized way, then push is a great channel for that. Just like email is as well. Uh, and by the way, SMS still works in in a in a bunch of cases. I wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't go straight to SMS in, in most cases, but, um, you know, for some apps, and then again, particularly talking about demographics, right? If you've got an older audience, like SMS works like crazy for, with, with, with older audiences. Oh, anything here? Sorry, I was trying to pull up any blog content on you guys' website, but anything mm-hmm. on the push side that you found pretty interesting or even SMS, like, hey, here's one strategy that really worked out for us. Uh, yes. Yeah, so if I think like sort of, you know, a push we're we're building out for, for customers, like sort of typically like multi-channel approach to, to lifecycle marketing, mm-hmm. right? So sort of, uh, we do typically, uh, what well, I, ah, yeah, okay, right. I've got an example here for push, right? So like one of the things you mentioned onboarding and getting people through that funnel, right? So your onboarding stages, right? Your onboarding process, obviously, the, you know, varies a lot from app to app. Um, but it's all about kind of getting the user set up for success. It's getting them set up to to experience the aha moment, right? Experience the value of the product and, and get to that activation step, uh, and then hopefully to you know to a subscription step. Um, 
And uh, you know, for for many apps, that's that's really just about introducing them to the features. It's all digital. You know, there's no sort of like real world action required or any sort of like specific steps which which cause friction. For other apps, that there maybe are some fairly frictionful steps. Like you mentioned, account creation. That's that's kind of one of them. Um, and before they've created an account, um, you probably don't have their email address, so you can't even try to re-engage them with email. Um, but you might be able to bring them back with an SMS. So we we have a kind of a generic term for like re-engagement or with users in like kind of key funnel steps, which might be the onboarding funnel. Usually is because that's usually where there's a lot of upside if you if you're able to do that well. Uh, we call it we call them winbacks, push winbacks. So. Uh, I'll give you a concrete example. Uh, we were working with a, a company called Wheelie. They have kind of a, a concierge car service, sort of like a posh version of Uber. It's not exactly Uber, but it's you know it's it's a little bit more like pre-booking ahead, like for airport pickups and stuff like this. And it's not, they're nicer cars and just a bit of a nicer experience. But it's it's not quite a limo service, but something similar. Um, and they have that in select cities, like in Europe and uh, and, and I think in US as well, uh, and a few other places. So anyway, they as part of that, um, you know, the onboarding process, you actually need to kind of like um, register a credit card with them so that you can book your first ride, right? And the, the booking the first ride and, and having that first ride experience is really the activation moment. Um, and so, yeah, like quite often they might not have the credit card to hand, you know, they might be sort of setting it up in the, you know, like just, I don't know, in a taxi or whatever. And, you know, it's, that's that's a key friction step where you know unless they've got the credit card saved in their phone and they can just kind of copy paste the details, they might actually drop out at that point. You know you've introduced enough friction, also because maybe they're not ready. You know they they, they might be worried about putting their credit card in. There's many reasons why that's a tough step in an onboarding process. Um, but a push notification is a great way to get them to come back and, and finish that. Uh, but getting them to come back and finish pretty much any job to be done during the the onboarding process or indeed anywhere else in the app. You know where you actually need to get the user back pretty urgently. Um, we found that push works really well for that, particularly if you send it very soon after they dropped out, like, you know, typically one or two minutes afterwards. I think Uber oh, really? do this as well. Yeah, I think Uber do this as well, by the way, with, um, like, they want you to rate the driver after your ride. So about two minutes after your ride finishes, if you haven't already given the driver a rating, you'll get a push notification from Uber. Um, and you've got to believe they've tested that fairly extensively versus five minutes, 10 minutes, or, you know, like two days later. Um, yeah. yeah, generally, like, if you want to get someone to come back and finish something which was top of mind, don't wait an hour to ask them to come back and do it. Like, you know, hit them up very quickly. Yeah, I like it. That's a great example. Hey, one thing I want to talk to about, too, is the churn payer win back. You know, at the APS event in San mm. Francisco, where I got to meet you in person, one of the key things that David from Revenue Cat said was the indice average for year one to year two is 27%. Like only 27% of the people go to year two. And I was thinking like, you know, I did this calm way back in the day, but my yearly subscription was about to be over. And they sent me an email, Andy, saying, hey, mm -hmm. you want, well, I think like 50% off their lifetime. And I was like thinking about it and it's like a seven day sale, you know, the typical urgency yeah, yeah. model. Urgency, and I, yeah. I ended up buying on the last day and I bought actually on their website versus through the app store. And so they're mm -hmm. probably able to save some money with Apple as well. But I was just thinking like, hey, there's probably big opportunities as people get more subscriptions like that year two cliff is 
pretty big. And some clients are pretty like some of our clients are like 80%. So I'm like, damn, okay, I'm not touching that. That's the green, definitely a green on that mobile mm-hmm. stack. But <laughs> I feel like there is opportunity for most app developers for that churn payer win back. Uh, yeah, would would completely agree. Like it's it's you know if you're not doing anything there to try to like win back um, pay you know your most valuable customer, the people who've actually already been paying for your product, particularly if it's been for a whole year, you know, like um, then you're definitely missing out. We um, I think at that same event, uh, great to see you there by the way. It was in yeah, it was in San Francisco a few weeks ago. Um, I was presenting there with with Purchasely um, pretty early in the day. Um, and we were kind of tag teaming. I was showing some sort of case study stuff from from work that Feature has done. They were showing a bunch of stats and and sort of you know stuff from from their customers and what they're seeing in the industry. And so we talked about like all of these final stages, and we talked about like win back and and you know reducing subscriber churn particularly. Um, and yeah, we we got like renewals up twenty five percent with Visco um, just by literally wow. like popping up. So this. Um, and I, I should clarify this. It's not, it was actually not 25% of like total renewals, but 25% of um, uplift versus control group. Um, and these were folks who were in the app. This was an in-app message. That's an important clarification. It's important to be um, you know, specific when you're talking about uplifts and stuff, right? Like, So this was not of the entire user base. I'm not sure what that number was. It was certainly lower. This was... Of people who qualified to see the message, we had you know we had a control group who who weren't shown it, and we saw a twenty five percent uplift if we showed those users the message. So those users were in the app, they they were still using the app after the subscription had expired. They were seen back in the app, I think like seven days later, or you know it was seven plus days. We would show them this thing saying, "Hey, you know your membership has expired now. Uh, you know you can just come here and renew." And we weren't offering them any discount. Um, there was we we had a couple of different campaigns. One was just literally saying, "Hey, your membership's expired. You're going to get all of these benefits back if you if you renew." And the other one was like actually on a specific screen when they were looking at the previews of their um, their images. I think it was, and it was like um, reminding them that actually they they get the high res versions of the images. So it was reminding them about some very specific premium benefit that they used to have. And now that they're like not premium anymore, they can only download the uh, the, the low res versions, or they have to take a screenshot or something. So you know, basically reminding them in the right point in context within the app that like, hey, you used to this this functionality used to be better, and you can get it back again. You just need to renew. You know, and yeah, twenty five percent uplift um, with that group. That's very cool. I love that. All right, we got a question from Dopia. Does on the Apple on the Apple Store, does it make sense to advertise in third world countries such as India and Pakistan to have many pre-launch downloads in the first days? I mean, what do you think, Andy? Uh, so, if I understand the question question correctly, this is uh, about kind of soft launching in a place where um, installs are cheaper. Uh, I, if, I, I believe that's 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 what's being asked here. Um, and yeah, I mean, games games companies do this all the time. Actually, they'll typically pick one market to soft launch in, um, and uh, you know, it's not always a cheap install market, but it quite often is. I, th- I think Brazil and and Philippines are often often used. Um, but I've also seen games like soft launch in Canada, for example, um, as because it's close to their their big market, which is which would be north, you know, um, US. Um, so I think it depends on the goals of your soft launch, like getting pre-launch downloads. Sure, it's great, but 
you know, are those users going to stick around? Um, why do you want all of those pre-launch downloads? You know, is it so you can create some buzz and, and, and point to it in the press and say, hey, look, we got like, you know, 500,000 downloads at launch. We must be good, you know. And that's a valid strategy, I think. Um, but, you know, it's not everybody's strategy. Um, if you want to test how well the app's performing um, in a way which is cost-effective, that can also be a, a great reason to, you know, to acquire um, cheap downloads. But then you also need to be sure that, the app is relevant to that audience, right? I think if you're just buying them just so that you can point to a downloads number, that's a that's a risky strategy. Uh, what what do you think, Steve? Yeah, I agree. Especially on the Apple Store, like you know, think about markets. Even India is probably decent with iOS penetration, but they're probably more heavy on the Google side. And so you're pointing countries that probably don't have a lot of iOS penetration either. That market segment, and if it's just purely to like ramp up and get downloads, I don't think that's that important anymore but if it's more to like to andy's mm-hmm. point with games you know get test retention test monetization really look at if it's worth launching worldwide you know i've talked i've worked with a bunch of game developers who decide to can the whole thing right they're like if we do this right. off launch it sucks we're canning it and so they, they do that, it all the time yeah so here he yeah. has a he or she has a follow-up but so game downloads the third curl oh he wants to get so getting downloads in the third world countries to help rank in the U.S. market. My goal is to have a lot of downloads in the day of the release. Um, yeah, as, ah. as far as I understand it, it's not going to drive your rank in U.S. Um, at all yeah. um, by getting getting downloads in India or Pakistan. Yeah, agreed. Okay, let's... All right, Andy, ready for my favorite part of the stream we're going to take a look at your apps so if you guys want us to take a look at your apps in a future live stream we're going through the list pretty quickly actually just go to appmasters.com slash audit appmasters.com slash audit and we'll audit your app and give you feedback on a future live stream but before every audit and we'd like to All right, my friend, if you, you're you the guest, so I don't know what you want to play for. I've been playing for a bunch of crazy dances. I had to do a salsa dance a couple of weeks ago. I have to oh do a God. robot dance. I will be doing that, and mm-hmm. it's pretty embarrassing. So we can think, let's think of something what we have to do, and it just means that you're probably going to win this. But you want to go first, or you want me to go first? Oh, God. I didn't realize there would be so much at stake, Steve. I would never have accepted this uh, <laughs> this this invitation to the to the um uh to the show but okay i guess i'm here now so uh yeah i'll go first um okay so i just tell the tell the joke and uh, you have to see if you get it like yep. okay yeah, um, you go ahead and tell the joke i've got some look see, i've got things ready to go i mean if you want me to have a little life tra- laughing track i can get you a laughing track too but you, know, you let me know here <laughs> oh yeah that sounds good yeah it's yeah. <laughs> um okay so why why was the frog at the bus station steve why? This car got towed. I like it. <laughs> got towed. All right. Um, Andy, what are a giant's pronouns? Fee and fi and fo and fum? Shut up. Okay, just shut up. Fee, fi, fo, fum. <laughs> Too obvious. <laughs> Stop stepping on my joke. It's my joke, Andy, not yours. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I thought I had All to right. guess. Get out of here. Get out of here. How do I eject Andy from this stream? <laughs> what What do you call a boomerang that doesn't no, come back? Save it. Save it. Save it. We'll, we'll, we'll play. What about, is it? Is it called the dolphin? You know, where you kind of have to do this? We'll play for that. 
lose that and we'll post it on social media and tag each other and all that jazz. So that's round one. Put in the okay. comments A if you thought Andy's joke was better. S if you thought my joke was better that Andy stepped on. So you know, I think you owe me a vote here. But all right, <laughs> we'll take a look at that. So just put in the comments and we'll the loser will have to do the dolphin dance within the next week. All right, let's take a look at <laughs> another uh, Alan's app. I actually test out his app too. So Alan wants feedback mm -hmm. on ASO and screenshots. I'll let you lead, Andy. Uh, okay, um, like so, where to start? Um, I took a quick look at this earlier, uh, Alan, um, and yeah, like nice looking app by the way. I haven't actually used the app. I have to confess because uh, yeah, I was mostly looking at yeah. two screenshots. But um, yeah, so I think the first thing I would say is uh, really like good move to include the uh, the App Store award here. You got the number one uh, acupressure app in the App Store. You got like a good like you know that's that's great kind of social proof and um, you know great legitimacy having that up there um secondly i think the the captions are a decent size so they're kind of readable also from a distance um which is also good practice not every app has that so like you know full marks there i think and nice kind of calm relaxing colors which kind of are definitely like within the brand so i'd say all of those things looking great um couple of kind of more constructive points maybe uh the it's hard because of the, the size of the screenshots, it's, it's pretty hard to actually see what's going on there and like the, the actual kind of core functionality that you're, you're showing there. Uh, one mm. tip I would, I would give would be maybe to, to have some kind of pop-outs or call-outs. This is one thing that, that we do a lot when we're doing ASO with our clients is like rather than just showing the screenshot as it exists within, within the app, we're kind of calling out and kind of zooming in on, on specific functionality based on... on uh, I don't have one right to hand, unfortunately. Maybe I can I okay. can uh, send you one over later. You can put it in the show notes. Um, okay. But uh, but yeah, this idea of kind of like zooming in or you know calling out like uh, a specific a specific okay. area of of the screenshot that you're showing. So you're basically making it easier to see when somebody's looking at it on their phone, and you know it's all it's all quite quite small. Um, that'd be one thing maybe to test um, your. Um, yeah, the font size is legible, as I mentioned. The the icon, it's nice, but uh, you might want to try including the full name of the app. Um, I know actually also that the the app it looks like the app has also changed name fairly recently from from points to, to Moxie, um, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the M dot it's it's not going to be super recognizable um, as a brand, I think, at this point. So it's it might might be handy to to include the the, the app name in the in the in the icon. Um, that's my that's my kind of um, yeah my my quick quick assessment. Like what what about you, Steve? Is it kind of like this? This call out. I mean, these are a lot bigger. Oh, there you go. Bill that I can pull. This is yeah yeah exactly. Okay, yeah. This like kind that. of thing. Like yeah. That. So 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 it's like it's you're not you're not limited in your screenshots to show exactly just a screenshot, right? Like Apple gives you a fair bit of leeway to as long as you're not you know, showing something that completely doesn't exist. You know, if you're calling out specific things and just making them bigger, like that's, that's actually good practice. Yeah. I like it. Like you can, I've used the app before. I really like it, Alan. And, you know, he and I have talked like years ago or a few months ago about possibly working together, but like, you know, like maybe calling this out and then acupressure, like point, there's a little point that you can't see, but that's where you're supposed to hold down on to help you mm -hmm. sleep better or feel better from an ASO front. So I agree all your points. I think what would be interesting is the he's using stress, anxiety, and pain relief. And while I like where he's going, I don't 
think those are the the right audience. I think you know mm-hmm. people who are looking for that type of acupressure are probably looking for things like point tips or EFT tapping. You know, something that's more. Mm-hmm tactile i guess you know touchy feely <laughs> for lack of a better word massage trigger points those type of keywords versus what you have with like stress relief and anxiety which could be like journaling they're too generic in my eye and if i were launching an app these days and what i really like about moxa and alan is going a little bit deeper right like you can go mm-hmm. up with anxiety pain relief and back relief and all that stuff but deeper with acupressure first and foremost and then working your way up to massage or trigger points things like that because you know i mean i like it i like that's how i would approach this aso interesting because i actually was thinking about maybe recommending actually more or less like the the op- opposite uh, strategy which is like well i mean i definitely think it's yeah. good to re- rank for a few like very specific keywords and and yeah you can probably get even more specific you're right um but actually when i did also have a quick look at like the search popularity scores and like there's some huge yeah. traffic on these broad keywords like mental health or wellness which i do think that this you know qualifies as you know but 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 you're right of course like you know you're not going to get the folks who are really specifically searching for yeah, there'll be there'll be folks who are coming in and they know that they want you know tactile tapping points, this kind of stuff. There'll be a lot of right. other folks who do have anxiety, you know, looking for wellness, etc. I, I think it's good to have a balance because you're going to capture some of that broad traffic. It also depends, of course, on on how the rest of the page is converting that traffic when it comes in. Yeah, I mean, just from my and I, I love these debates, Andy, especially from people who are in the space like you and I are are like deep into it. the The reason why I would start off lower is because all mm-hmm. the big players are going to be playing on that. Field. yeah it like, does it's get, it's pretty hard to rank on wellness for to be fair yeah, yeah. exactly and mental health you're playing with calms of the world the headspaces of the world and as a newer app or any yeah. developer you're never going to be able to win so that's why i like to start deep knowing that i can go up but i want to mm. start deeper we're not playing all right let's take a quick look at the app shall we andy and we give him some feedback uh sure so i have a little bit of experience with the app so i'll let you lead on here you just- uh Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to narrate this. I actually like, I know that we've got another app coming up. So I actually looked deeper into the app on the other one because I thought we were just going to do ASO. So this is just going to be very off the cuff, but uh, let, let's see. Let's see. see That's how, how I do it. <laughs> okay. This is, this is great. Okay. So uh, quick feedback here. Are you ready to begin your journey? Okay. I like that you're asking a question. You're already trying to engage the user on the first page. However, like uh, I've given a few presentations on onboarding lately. And uh, what I always say is that, um, that you know, the, the apps that I really think nail onboarding um, are creating a very consistent user experience that starts in the adverts and the app store and then is continued into the app. And that starts with the value proposition, right? So I do think that it's really good practice to restate the value proposition on the very first page of your app. Um, and you're not doing that. You're, you're, you're engaging the user. So I think that, you know, get half mark, but better like, you know, like, are you, you know, do you want to feel better? If you want to phrase it as a question, you know, you know, do you want to try some acupuncture now or some or acupressure now, something like that? Or if you don't want to f- phrase it as a question, just literally use that same tagline that you used in the first screenshot of the app um, uh, in the app store. Agreed. Um, That's what I would do. Yeah. Literally put whatever you had, that first screenshot, feel better in five mm-hmm. minutes with the acupressure. Number one, you know, acupressure app, app. Mm-hmm. put that as the first page and then. Yep. Because so, because it, basically then you you're just creating a continuity of experience and you're you're kind of uh, reassuring the user that 
they've downloaded the right app and this this is the app for them and yep. it is going to deliver what they expected when they clicked on install in, in the store. So first feedback. Um, I th- sorry, carry on. The, yeah, well, go ahead. You you tell me after no, no, this. No, no, I'll wait no, for you. Go, yeah. All right. What, what I would do after Let's Go is how familiar are you with acupressure? I want that insight feedback on whether these are complete beginners that can change some of the marketing messaging there or these are advanced you know and then maybe asking because we have also found andy like if you engage with the users through questionnaires Mm -hmm. like quick little Mm -hmm. surveys they're more likely to convert right there so before i get ask them for some maybe private and this could be a barrier to entry here Mm -hmm. private information i'm gonna ask them a few questions get them to engage with the app and then be like okay now that you've engaged with the app give me your name give me your email stuff so yeah. how familiar are you and then what are you here for pain relief sleep all that stuff like click all that applies and then hit him with this this right here yeah 100 um yeah also totally best practice um users always like it when you ask them questions they feel more valued um yeah and i'd say like particularly if you're able to use that data later you know it becomes even more valuable to you so for example as steve said asking them what they're here for you know if you if you're solving potentially multiple different problems like you know, anxiety, like sleeplessness, et cetera. If you're able to kind of capture which one they're going after in, the, in their onboarding, and then you can use that in your paywall or in your subsequent experiences, your subsequent communication, you can start to tailor their experience based on the information you collected early on. Um, and you can maybe start tailoring that experience even within the same session. Um, yeah, we've, we've never seen that fail. Right. Love it. And back to your point with the push notification stuff, like if you were asking for push notifications and you knew exactly what they put in, be like, hey, you know, two minutes later, Andy, you ready for that stress relief? You ready for to relieve right. that back pain? You know, you can start exactly. utilizing some of that stuff. Love it. Yeah. What do you want me to do? You want me to hit just four or you want me to hit continue with Apple? Um, sure. Let's continue with Apple. Okay. Okay, I'm curious to see like what the you know because it, it it seems like you could skip the the, the sign in. So I'm curious what what yeah. it does when you create an account. Okay, straight to the paywall. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so it's giving me some here. benefits there, uh, and it's just a yearly plan. There's no other plans, right? Doesn't look like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean that's that's bold, but also simple. Um, I'm curious to, 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 you know, curious how, how many people are subscribing based off a very limited experience so far on that first screen to for 60 bucks. It's not, it's not a trivial amount of money. Um, but you have, you have the, 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 um, the free trial. Actually, no, you do have two plans, right? Sorry. I, I, as I said, I'm doing this off the cuff, right? So there, there, it looks like there's actually a monthly okay. plan as well. So it's, 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 oh, no, oh, no. Okay. No, it's just one plan. I, just I, 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 a month. Yeah. I, I thought they break. Was, they're was, doing the math for us. I thought it was or five dollars a month. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I I don't know if you tested having other bundles there. Um, you know, a monthly plan or you know a three month or something like this. Uh, it's it's generally we see that you know offering different kinds of bundles is is going to increase overall conversion rate versus just having like one big one. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to increase overall subscription revenue. So like with we're not going to get, I guess, Agreed. too deep into pipe testing, price testing today, but it's a pretty complex topic. Um, so, yeah, that's just some observations there, but no specific recommendation. You know, I think, see, this is why I start lower in the funnel back to the keyword strategy, because what I've found is it's higher intent. They're coming for acupressure pressure if you do mm-hmm. a hard paywall here. 
you know, the hard paywall that we've done with our apps, we were doing in the teens, which is pretty darn high, right? Andy, like mm-hmm. we're getting as high as 18% certain days. That's because of my mixed funnel. So okay. have that stuff in there, but we're getting high as 18% and it's down funnel and it's a hard paywall. And we removed it. Mm-hmm. We added this X dropped all the way down to 6%, which isn't too bad still, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that's a dramatic difference from six, 18% to all the way to 6%. And so with a more deeper down of the funnel type of keyword, when you think about mental health, stress relief, and you go all the way down to acupressure, you're getting more high intent users that are likely to mm-hmm. convert on a hard paywall. And that's why that's I would true. start low because I then can then generate revenues invest mm-hmm. and then think about a freemium model. You can go all that way. So I'm sort of thinking counterintuitively. And mm-hmm. I've just seen it form better for other apps that we work with. So yeah, I would test out with Andy. more paywall, more pricing plans, and then try a hard paywall. But overall, mm-hmm. I've got to use the app, Alan. It looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do like the fact that you're showing a paywall very early on, you know, to Steve's point about trying to get at least 95% of, you know, or, you know, at least 90% of people to actually see a paywall. Um, you know, many apps that are not, you know, too timid in showing a paywall. So you're showing it early, which I, which I like, you know, you can always show another one later, which I'm, I'm sure you do. Yeah. And they have, they have some free content. I actually didn't subscribe the first time. And then I tried mm-hmm. out one and it, I was like, this is kind of cool. And so I ended up mm-hmm. subscribing and paying for this app, but really cool. Like it might be like you have a hard paywall or you have an X and then people X out. You already know they came for sleep stress relief like hey start your first mm-hmm. session because i think once you start that first session after this it's kind of long alan where it's already done and it's like there's a lot of time but after this is done let's see what happens andy okay nothing so after i hit x mm-hmm. i'm done it might be a good way to like okay enjoying yourself like mm-hmm. either hit them with yeah. the promo get the, get the them paywall, that like, that's when you're ready to go yeah so, yeah all right yeah i like it anything else you want to add uh, yeah, I mean, I, I quite like the color scheme and the fairly sort of abstract um, like design. I, I, I preface this as I'm really not a design designer. You know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a visual designer. So like, don't take any of my tips on yeah. visual design. Take them all with a, a big, heavy pr- pinch of salt. It looks a little bit <laughs> generic to me. Like, like you know, yeah. I see these different different um, content packs. They've got like different icons, but they're all just kind of you know uh, a wavy shape. Like. I wonder if you could inject a bit more personality into it with, you know, images which reflected the content a little bit more than just a, the generic shape. But again, as I said, I'm not a designer, so um, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't I take know. that I prefer, to, to heart. I like where you're headed, and I would almost prefer like this homepage to be looking more like this because this feels like you don't have a lot of content. You know, it feels nice and clean, but this feels like oh, perfect. Like I, Alan, immediately I I went to I was like okay. I'm good. I immediately went to here and I immediately went to sleep and I was like, oh, let me just try that one. So I, as I use your app more, like I'm actually going to this sessions Mm. page a lot more than your, your home page. So anyways, all right, Andy, let's, we are running out of time. So I want to make sure I'm good with your time because it's late over there. All right. Yeah. It's the the end of the day on a Friday, Steve. You too. uh... (laughs) I know. Thank you for man. No, no problem. Thanks, you're, thanks for getting up early. Look, everybody's doing stuff. So Ricardo said, LM, you know, laughing. <laughs> I don't even know the acronym. Anyways, you got his vote. And then look left productions. Andy, how dare you guys? Andy, Andy, uh, Andy, Andy. Okay, so you win that first round. I think people, all right. 
let's you got another one okay give me that next one that you have what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back what a stick <laughs> all right what did 50 cent do when he got hungry no idea thank you <laughs> 58 <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I, mean, you, I was like thank you andy don't don't spoil the joke man <laughs> I was, i'm sorry i thought i thought that I, I, I didn't get the concept here i thought i, think, I had I'm to, have to you, try and guess your jokes <laughs> i'm just messing with you all right <laughs> I'll say it's McCall. McCall says every aspect of the app that so we got a language learning app here on Android. So I'll pull up my Android mm-hmm. phone, but I'll let you lead Andy. And we'll try to go quickly just to be good on time. I know you got to get home. Uh, yeah, sure thing. Yeah. And, and, and no worries. You know, I don't have to rush off. Um, yeah. So, I mean, first thing I notice here, just from a, you know, a growth market perspective is like, we got listed here as a hundred plus downloads, right? So this, this app right now is not, uh, I'd say, you know, we're probably not a product market fit yet. Um, you know, it's certainly it's, you know, it's 100 plus is not not a, not a significant number of downloads. So it's like this is you know, probably just launched or, you know, it's, it's early days. Um, and so, you know, with that in mind, looking at like, you know, everything else, uh, let's see. So in terms of the, the, the App Store presence here or Play Store presence rather, because this is an Android, um, you're not going to be able to read that text on, on a phone um yeah. it's you know it's too small um so you want to think about you know making that text a lot larger in terms of the call outs but i think more importantly than just making it bigger i'm not convinced that chat should be the the first thing that you lead with when you're talking about language exchange right the the the, the value proposition of the app is not specific, you know yes it, it involves chatting with people in a, another language but like the real value i think is having language exchange partners or tandem partners or, you know, whatever you want to call them. It's about being matched with right. people who you can chat with in another language. So I would, you know, and you've got that kind of with, with meet and, and find, you know, which are on the subsequent um, screenshots, but a lot of people won't, won't, you know, look that far. And so I think you want to think about like, what is the, the real key value prop for me? It's around language exchange. You know, you not quite sure exactly what, what the right phrase to use is there, but I wouldn't go in with chat because then you're immediately Telling me as a as a as a visitor, well, this is this is probably like WhatsApp or Viber or something, you know. Like I'm already getting the wrong impression. Yeah, you can look at it right here. This is on my Android phone. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's tiny, right? I agree with you. I like that. And you know, Andy, what we, what we've been doing is just leading with the main keyword. If language exchange is your main is, so lead with it. Just put yeah. language exchange, meet, yeah. chat, and learn. Different languages with native speakers, whatever native speakers, and look, it looks like the top four are shown, tiny little wise too. But make that big and bold, man. Like this is on the phone. Like I can barely read any of this text. Yeah, I think that would help a lot already. Uh, another another quick um, you know observation: you've you've got no reviews yet. Now um, I'm not suggesting that you fake reviews, but maybe you've got some friends or some family who can get the download and, and leave a first few positive reviews. Um, you know, because that will also help with your conversion and just sort of help get that snowball rolling a little bit down the hill, you know? Um, there you go. You got your first one from Steve. Boom. There you go. Your neighborhood friend, Steve Young. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Cool. All right. Shall we get into the app? Let's, let's take a quick look at the app. Yep. All 
I mean, you already said it in the last app, right? Like remind users exactly what it is. Don't just hit them with this unless this convert, this conversion rate's amazing. What do you kind of aim for, for, for a page like this, the sign in, what are you trying to aim for Andy? Like a, like a hard sign in wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, it, it varies a bit by category, but like, uh, I can tell you at, at SoundCloud, we had around 55 to 60%. Um, people cr- creating accounts uh, right off the bat. And we struggled to get it much higher than that, um, even when, uh, you know, kind of basically not making it a, a, a hard requirement anymore and kind of opening up more of the app. We found it pretty difficult to convince people to to create accounts later. So we actually left it in as, as a kind of a, you know, as, as a hard sign-up wall in the end. But I, I think we could have invest, uh, investigated further. But yeah, so I, I think like sort of anything above 50, I think is is pretty good. What, what do you go for? I don't know. Like I seen one client do 75 and I was like, whoa, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's good. But that's, that's exceptional. Yeah. So I'm trying to aim for 75 actually. I was like, if they can do it, why can't we do it? And so, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I, would, I would say, you know, like given that you've got a hard sign up wall, which I think makes sense with this kind of a product because, you know, it's about users interacting with other users. Um, you know, there's trust and safety issues there as well and and you need to have some kind of a profile so it makes sense that you're asking this stuff um and yeah at least you've got the social logins you know you can you can create an account with facebook or with uh with google which makes it you know it reduces the friction so i think it's not too bad uh, as we can see yeah you're being asked for some additional information i'm not convinced that you need date of birth um so you you should think about that like maybe yeah. you need to you know if you don't need to collect something then i i wouldn't um yeah, but there again, in general, like the app is pretty bare bones, and and I guess that's my kind of bigger comment is this interface is all very functional. You know, like this as an onboarding experience. Um, you know, onboarding experiences are never usually the the highlight of an app, right? But this is kind of um, you know, it's very dry. Um, there's no kind of delightful user experience. There's no kind of design there, um, or you know, playful animations. Um, you know, one of my favorite. Uh, ever onboarding experiences is Fastic, um, which actually they have a super long onboarding experience. It's an intermittent fasting app. Mm-hmm. Um, they have about, I think, 15 steps in the onboarding, something crazy. And I know for a fact that they have an 80% completion rate on that funnel, uh, which is insane. I think uh, I think above 80. Um, and uh, yeah, so a part of the reason that it's, you know, that the user kind of tolerates going through an 18-step onboarding process is that if when if you take a look at the Fastic app, like it's you know it's full of like cute animations. It's um, every every page of the app that where it's asking for more data. It gives you like interesting widgets to tell you tell it what weight you are, what height you are, how old you are, all of this stuff. There's a lot of yeah. you know interesting and and custom inputs. Uh, it's not just using like the Android like system data entry requirements and uh, you know the data entry forms and fields and stuff like that. This this feels you know very functional onboarding but anyway we're into the app now and we see we have like three main tabs it's very simple um which i think probably reflects like the the stage the app is in terms of its its development you know um which is fine actually i quite like that it's refreshingly simple it's like you can you can find people to connect with uh, i actually quite like this explore screen it's 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 straightforward yeah it's sh- showing a few, few folks in the app you can see their picture you know their profile you might want to consider forcing actually people to create a profile picture because I was not required to do that as part of my yeah. onboarding experience. Um, and I think it will help to to connect people, although it does int- introduce more friction. 
Um, yeah, the chat itself, I had a quick play with the with the chat, you know. Um, I didn't actually get a reply from the person I wrote to, so I don't know how the back and forth goes. But it, it's, it feels very natural, like the actual chat, chat uh, interface. You know, we're, we're all so used to using texting and chatting apps, you know, and, you know, chat functionality and dating apps and things like this. I know this is not a dating app, um, but it's, you know, I think we're all very familiar with with how a chat user experience should go, and I feel like I feel like it's got that. Um, yeah. So I'd say in terms of the core functionality, I, I think it's quite nice. I had, I had a few kind of thoughts on you know how you could improve things so apart from just sort of making the onboarding experience look more interesting. Um, I think in general, you might want to think about sort of rewards, badges, uh, maybe some kind of engagement currency, maybe sort of a uh, like run streaks, for example, trying to get you—you you, you want to optimize, I presume, for uh, people coming back and chatting with more people, uh, or chatting for longer, so having longer exchanges um, and giving them some kind of recognition for that. Maybe it's just putting like a little icon next to their name, you know, to show that they're a power user or something like that. This this stuff actually works pretty well, um, you know. And I guess you've also probably got a bit of an empty room problem um, in terms of just you know you're trying to match people together to have conversations. It can be tough to get that kind of critical mass in, in, in a, a marketplace type scenario like that to try and match people and find people that, that will be able to have a conversation with, with a new user. Um, and then I just wondered there actually if AI could be part of the solution there because I think AI already getting pretty good to the point where it probably could have a chat with me in a foreign language and I'm not sure that I would realize I was chatting with an AI for quite a while. So um, just just a thought. I love it. Yeah, I would do. I was going to say the same thing. If you know, this is disappointing. This is great. I get that. I love that. You know, I get to meet, see other people that are, but not to not get a response sucks. So get that response. And then uh, if you have to do a bot or you have to be in there yourself, McCall, to be in there. But in the early days with 100 downloads, you better yeah. make sure each and every single 100 person is pleased with the experience of the app because that's going to really drive engagement users you know hopefully word of mouth all that stuff but you better really give a crap about the hundred it's only small man this is where you should give a crap yep all right i like it cool anything else andy uh final point nice icon actually like i i had to to look at it for a second or two to understand that it was like two people connecting through this like blue mm -hmm. thread so it, like it, it's quite clever I, I like it a lot you might want to also consider putting blue thread in the actual icon name and it's my standard piece of advice for like kind of um abstract icons but i do actually really like the symbolism yeah what's what's the thinking behind putting you said this for that app too what's the thinking behind this have you seen good results with just having the name of the app in the icon yes we've seen that work for conversion um most of the really? time we see it which is which is why i generally recommend it yeah it's like you know it's not every time it's, you have to test it but like yeah generally speaking we find putting the name rather than just a symbol or an m or whatever um you know uh mm -hmm. it helps people to understand very quickly because it's quite a big um image that it shows on the on the app store page for the icon so it's just kind of reinforcing yes they've landed on the right page yes this is the app they're looking for um it works i think probably better with big brands and branded search. Um, although they tend yeah. to be more protective about changes on their icon. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but we, we've, we've seen good results with that. But by the way, it also increases retention because um, when users are looking for that app again in a crowded icon space on their phone, uh, you know, they'll actually be able to see 
oh yeah, this is that app you know that I downloaded that's called Moxa. Whereas if they just see an M, they might actually not remember which which app that was, and they might not launch it again. Hmm. I, I like that. I like that. I'm looking at this gas. I know. I don't even know. Must be like a teenage thing. Team U. Oh, Fox Sport. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I like that. So, Andy, I'm gonna. I, I think I, I, we, we, I think it's always worth testing. Um, you know, if if the brand team is keen, obviously some brands are keener than others. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Music. Yeah. All right. I I honestly didn't think there were that many brands that would do this, but you're. You know, I'm seeing more and more. Yeah, quite a few do. Yeah, Etsy, Hulu. Hmm. Interesting. Never thought, never give it any thought. All right, Andy. Well, more on to more important things. Round two goes to me. I'm only taking two votes. There's only two votes, but shoot, I'll take the win. All right. Fair enough. enough. Andy, you you got one more joke in you before we say bye? I actually do. What do you call a deer with no eyes? What? No idea. (laughs) <laughs> I like that one. All right. Since you're uh, you're in the UK, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm from the UK. I'm actually in Berlin in Germany. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. So you guys are right there. All right. So I kind of picked this out. What would happen if the US switched from pounds to kilograms overnight? Uh, the right answer is what, Andy? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mass confusion. all right come on final round guys here last round round three voted in we'll we'll kind of tally up the votes look we just need a handful we need three how about that that would be awesome all right guys once again it is fitcher.com the links are in the show notes andy knows he's been in the industry just as long as i have i mean we've been sharing content for so long he's one of the first followers that i saw and i was like wow this mobile stack back in the day andy i was amazed by it you guys were putting some amazing presentations together with gabe from incepia back in the day too so it is fitcher.com if you guys want to check them out and learn more about all that they can do to help you grow their apps like they work with bigger brands but if you are that bigger brand looking for some help, go check about Fitcher.com. Andy, if the audience wants to connect with you in any other way, do you want to send them anywhere else? Uh, they can reach out to me on Twitter. It's Andy underscore Carvel, um, which is a terrible Twitter um, handle because it's too long, but I didn't really get Twitter when I created it. Um, yeah, so Andy underscore Carvel on Twitter is a great place to, to find me. I love it. Okay, let's look at the results. I think I... I think I actually put that in the, the description. So if that's not there, we'll definitely put it in. Andy, you owe me a dolphin dance. I finally won a dance challenge. Oh my goodness. This oh, is God. great. I feel so good. Oh my God. I feel so good. This is the right way to start the weekend. All right, okay. Andy. So I expect to see that video. All right. Uh, okay. But I, I, I don't even know what a dolphin dance says. Do, do I get time to go research it or do I just need to do it now? Is it something? Is it like, I don't know what a dolphin dance is. I had to Google, like, I had a YouTube how to salsa dance, and I was, my wife's like, you're really slow. Like, it is really bad. And a friend of mine shared on Instagram, friend was like, I'm dying. This is, you're horrible. And I'm like, I know. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, it is one of those things where you're on the ground, and you're kind of, like, doing this on the ground. Ah, okay. All right. Your entire body. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know if it's called a dolphin dance, but. Okay. Right, I'm I, for- I, yeah, I think we call it the worm. But yeah, anyway, okay. So, I owe you one of these. Called. It is called the worm. That's how cool I am. Oh, not cool I am. I can't even I didn't know it was even called the worm. That's how not cool I am, Andy. All right. Well, Andy will owe me a warm dance. 
the but and then join us next week. We got Stan from App Magic. It's a really cool. I got to really get an in-depth look at, and it's gonna. We're gonna talk all about market research and how do you market research before building your app. And what I really like about the tool, you guys have to tune in, is these tags features. And so you can really go into instead of like looking at a category level into a tag feature. They've done a great job, like VPN apps, PDF scanner apps. Those are very popular, Andy. So you can do real good market research on that. We're gonna have them on. So join us every Friday at nine a.m. Pacific. Andy, thank you so much for doing this, man. Thanks, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.